Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, so because the tournament should be tipping today, we decided to give you a quick bonus episode to get you through this miserable day. Uh, We got an interview with NC State student Max Gorin. If that name doesn't sound familiar, well, he's the kid that gave us a regular season one shining moment video that went viral on Twitter. So before we get to Max, let's hear a quick message from Zach at the Barnburner Podcast Network. All right, we now welcome to the show NC State student Max Gorin. He's also the creator of one of the finest pieces of art I've ever seen, uh, and that is the regular season One Shining Moment video he created that has since gone viral on Twitter. Now, Max, you're not back at school, right? No, no. They uh, they really don't want us to come back uh, for a while. How are you occupying yourself right now during this time? Uh, I haven't had a ton to do hanging out with my, my girlfriend and my family and my dog and all that and just kind of like relaxing. Watched all the, the Christian Bale Batman movies, um, you know, just finding finding ways to, to pass the time. I like it. Yeah. So I want to dive into this One Shining Moment video. The reason I say it is one of the finest pieces of art is because we are all struggling at a time like this. We are college basketball diehards. I know we just met maybe about five minutes ago, but I mean, we are downtrodden, hurt, mm-hmm. broken. Mm-hmm. How long did it take for you to create this video? Um, well, from when I sat down to start actually working on it, the actual process of making it was about three or three and a half hours. Um, yeah, I guess I kind of had the idea or so maybe like the day before, but like sitting down actually like finding the clips and putting it together, it couldn't have been more than three and a half hours. Well, that's actually pretty good then i think yeah it wasn't wasn't too difficult actually i just kind of um added clips like i i downloaded the song first and then i just added clips as i went until i got to uh to the end pretty much right so i'm trying to think matt max what year in school are you i'm a freshman shit so to get the ncaa tournament taken away your first year on campus i don't even know that's like that's kind of like a don't it's like a you don't know what you got till it's gone type of deal right yeah, I mean, we're all hoping, like, I have a couple of friends, you know, being in sport management, but we're pretty uh, avid followers of, of sports, especially, like, the big ones, like football and basketball. Um, and, you know, we were sort of tracking, like, the bubble chances all year, but uh, we are all in pretty much an agreement that we're going to have a lot deeper team next year, just because, by circumstance, this year, there are only, like, seven guys that played big minutes for NC State, so... 
Uh, hopefully, if we're not postseason banned next year, if they can they can make a run again. Well, so do you think you would have been in this year? I mean, you were one of the few teams that were that would have had to sweat it out on Sunday, and we've discussed how much it must suck for teams like Rutgers and Penn mm-hmm. State and all those other Cinderellas that were for sure in. Do you guys think you would have been in? They were trending up. It would have. It was one of those situations where, and this is why I think they weren't able to really do the the bracket because it would have depended on what happened on Thursday and Friday and in conference tournaments. Uh, but they were trending up, and a lot of other bubble teams like Xavier and and Indiana had kind of been trending down. Uh, so I thought they were looking like they might be in. And I, if they had been able to play on Thursday and and gotten a win over Duke, I think they certainly would have been in. Yeah, I, I saw. I think it was uh, at least in Lunardi's bracket. You guys were in. So, so you grew up, did you grow up an NC State fan? Uh, I did not. Actually, being in Winston-Salem, my dad was uh, on uh, TV news doing sports for, for like 20 years. And he's also very involved with Wake Forest. And uh, he still does sideline reporting for their football team. Um, so we basically, we had season tickets to basketball and football for like my whole, as long as I can remember. So I grew up being a Wake fan. and. Uh, as many people know, you know, under the the guidance of uh, Danny Manning and Jeff Buzdelic, they haven't had a lot of success. So, uh, you know, being on campus at NC State, being a lot closer to that community, and also having some something to to be hopeful about, uh, I was able to sort of throw my allegiance behind them. Well, since we're talking about coaches, I actually was at a bachelor party with a guy who went to Wake Forest talking with a lot of Wake Forest guys. I don't understand how Danny Manning's still there. Is it a contract buyout? It sounds, right? Yeah, it's always sounded like a money thing because it was whoever it was that reported it, they're a private school, so they don't have to release the details of his, of his extension he got after the year they went to the first four, which is the only year that they've, they've made the tournament. It was in his third season. They just finished his sixth. And they said that his buyout is like $18 million, which sounds absolutely preposterous. But that's the only reason anyone really cites um, as why he could possibly still be there. Right, good for Danny Manning. He gets himself an extension after making the first four. Those are some so, yeah. I mean, incredible everyone, standards. Everyone says that he, he must have like the best agent. And now I, I really want to talk about Kevin Keats because – in our preview episode way back in like August, mm. I had said Kevin Keats was going to win ACC Coach of the Year. There were some up and down moments. Obviously, Leonard Hamilton deserved it. But do you think either you or your school owes me some sort of apology or make good because of the Keats and like you guys kind of fiddling or finishing, excuse me, middle of the pack, pun absolutely intended? I think a lot of it was, was certainly out of his control. Um, Blake Harris, who was a backup guard, left the team in October. Uh, almost every major rotation player missed some time because of an injury or, uh, in DJ Funderburk's, uh case, a suspension. Uh, some players got injured multiple times, like Manny Bates. Uh, so he didn't have a ton to work with, although uh, there's, a, there's a pretty decent divide, and uh, I think it kind of got smaller as the season went on because uh, you know, where they ended up wasn't great, but it, it sort of, uh, like I said, was trending in the right direction. There's a divide between state fans who like Kevin Keats and state fans who just don't believe in him anymore, even though it's only year three, because this fan base has the most overblown expectations ever. But uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a believer in Kevin Keats, uh, and I think with a, with a better roster, he has a good recruiting class coming in next year. He'll be a pretty deep team. 
I think he can show what he's really, really made up like he did in, uh, in his first season next year. So I'm not an NC State fan, of, of, of course, here, but I, I, I feel like I'm in the same boat with your fans that have high expectations mm-hmm. of NC State. I can't think of a tournament that NC State made, and I wasn't like, that's a, I'm picking them to the Sweet 16 at mm-hmm. least. Do I just have a strange addiction to a school completely across the country for me? How did your fan base, uh, that half of your fan base, convince me that I needed to be a part of them? I think it was a Gottfried thing when he was the coach. Like they made a couple of tournaments. 2015 is when they beat Villanova uh, in the second round and went and went to the Sweet 16. And a couple of years before, they played in the first four and they won and they won a couple of games in that tournament. I think. So I mean, they went they went pretty deep in in that year. Uh, Keats, they've only they've only played the one game in his in year one and they lost uh, they lost in the first round. But uh, I think something about the way they play. Is that when when it's a tournament and it's just you you just need to win one game at a time, they just have something about them that makes you think, oh yeah, they they could win a couple games, they could string a hot streak together, and when they're honestly when they're when they're hot, they're as good as any team in the country. Taylor, I'll tell you the two names that have really turned us on to NC State, and it's it started with Julius Hodge, and more recently Cat Barber. Those are our boys. So oh, I'm going back to CJ Leslie. He had one of the all time great. Um, high school mixtapes. He played for, I think he played for, did he play for Word of God Academy with uh, like John Wall? I I think, I can't remember. But I think part of it has to do with that NC, or North Carolina as a whole, but NC State always seems to have like, you look at their roster and like, they got some athletes. They got some talent. Uh, That's, uh, yeah, that's like, uh, I mean, you'd think with Kevin Keats' system, you'd think they want guys who can, who are just like shooters, but they end up and it's been this way for the last like bunch of seasons. It's a bunch of like six five to six seven wings, athletic guys, uh, and they they can all run and cut to the basket. And uh, as everyone knows, Keats likes to likes to press, bring the pressure. So um, in that way, they can fit. Like Devin Daniels, I'd say Devin Daniels is like the prototypical Kevin Keats NC State wing player. Like he's one of the best on ball defenders in the ACC. And when he turns it on, like he can just slash and score and do whatever he wants. I feel like Houston is my equivalent to to NC State when I think of like, oh well, they already they got athletes, you know they they can defend, and then you realize, and then they for some reason they don't put it all together for more than like twenty two, let's call it games per season. I don't know why I always think that about them. I think it goes back to maybe just that there's so much talent within North Carolina. And that uh, maybe it was a Herb Sendek thing. You know, we we know Herb Sendek very well from his time here at uh, ASU. Maybe I look that far, you know, or that, you know, long ago. Maybe that's why I always think mm-hmm. of NC State. So I want to pivot back to your video, though, and we'll get more NC State questions in. But you had mentioned that it only took you about three and a half hours to find these clips. What was your criteria for getting these clips? How did you decide on which clips were going to be included? So, I mean, I wanted to you know, recognize like the greater players and plays and moments like Stephen F. Austin against Duke. Like everyone remembers that. That's like they're one of the biggest wins in their, their program's history. And that's one of the great moments. Um, you know, I wanted to include the good players like, at least recognize like Miles Powell and Luca Garza and Obi Toppin, um, and then another part of it is just like finding 
clips that had good angles and replays that would that would belong in a one shining moment video because I wanted it to be uh, obviously it's not you know broadcast CBS's official quality but I wanted it to at least have that sort of feeling where it was like uh, you know those those uh, professional angles without all the score bugs and logos on the screen um, so I mean that's also another reason why a lot of things got left out uh, it just for the sake of convenience to be perfectly honest have you seen any pushback or did you have any pushback from like a copyright standpoint now, especially since it blew up? Uh, did anybody reach out to you and say, hey, don't use our shit? Well, I'm, the pushback has not been from a copyright standpoint because it's not monetized. I just I just posted it up there sure, uh, for sure. fun. Pushback has been from fans of programs that are not happy with the way their schools are uh, represented in the video, um, as many are aware. Uh, the Duke fans are not super happy about the amount of times oh, the highlights are against them. That's a real shocker, right there. Yeah, yeah. are they ever happy about anything? <laughs> I, I'm not. I don't really so much have a problem with Duke so much as uh, the other school in the triangle, and everyone who knows me knows that. Um, like the only clips of UNC are a tip off against Syracuse and Leaky Black hanging his head after they lost to Duke. Um, so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, t- fans of that, Rutgers, I, sh- I I feel like I should have included a lot of these because I, I, I did watch a lot of college basketball and I feel like I didn't do them justice to teams like Rutgers and Penn State with Lamar Stevens and San Diego State, who was the number one team in net for, for most of the season. Um, you know, their fans are not thrilled exactly, but uh, I did what I could. And like I said, a lot of it did come out of the sake of uh, convenience. No, I mean, it, it's insane. In a time of need, you step up and you put out this video and you got people pissing and moaning. I will say, as an Arizona fan, within the first 30 seconds, you have a clip of Ira Lee and I think it was Brandon Will. It was after a Nico Mannion crossover and then flush. I was like, all right, he got us in early. It was pretty lengthy for a three, three and a half minute video. So from one one individual to another, I'll give you an elbow dap. We can't hand. Yeah, handshake, yeah, no right? handshakes. All right, we, elbow we dap. didn't. Arizona didn't deserve any more time than that either. Like that was the maximum. Yeah, they were, they were, Arizona, they were celebrating. That's that's just what belonged there. Just like but, must have been the only time we celebrated all year. <laughs> I think. I mean, they beat Wake. They beat Wake in the. Uh, I don't even remember some early wooden the wooden legacy tournament. You're right. Hang a banner. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. So, I. I keep mentioning it, how, how this video has alleviated our pain for a little bit. Did you create this with the intention of doing that? Or were you just saying to yourself, you know what? Fuck it. I want to see a March or a one shining moment. I'm going to go ahead and create one. Yeah. pretty much the, the latter. It was just some, I was kind of messing around with I did for fun. Uh, I didn't tell uh, anyone about it when I was doing it. And when I posted it, the extent was just like posting it on Twitter and that, that was it. And then um, someone from uh, news- Axios newsletter found it and asked me some questions. And then uh, as soon as that got sent out, it kind of blew up. Damn. You know, I hate that we just had an Axios newsletter reference because I do a similar newsletter every morning <laughs> to Axios. Damn, this could have been me. This could have been the warm-up dailies fucking uh, push here. But, but props to you for actually like doing it and releasing it because I think everybody at some point goes in and does something that like, Oh, this would be cool. But ah, fuck it. Nobody would ever care about it. You know? So big props to you for actually like doing it. Have you ever done, I mean, have you published other video or not published maybe, but made other videos for any yeah, other sports I mean, like that? 
yo, what I what I've told people is that like the extent of my video editing knowledge is like for school projects and stuff, and I I, I would mess around with my friends, uh, like making YouTube skits in the past before, but um, like even with sports, I doubt I've ever not that I can really remember like specifically actually making a video uh, about sports or anything like that. So, um, but this was, it's really not as complicated as, as most people make it seem. Like I, I, I didn't really do all that much. I, I, I clipped together a couple of clips I downloaded from YouTube and set it to, to one shining moment. I mean, I, it's not really the, the hardest thing in the world. So Dana O'Neill, I saw tagged you, wrote a story about you. Who's the coolest person that has tagged you on Twitter, reached out to you, interacted with you? Is it Dana? Who are some of the individuals that have been in contact with you? Yeah, so there have been some interesting ones. She she reached out very early. She was probably the first one to reach out to me and, and ask about it. And uh, and she had her story up by like 3 o'clock on Selection Sunday. Like she was very quick. Um, did she like interview you? Or yeah, she, she uh, we did a phone interview. Probably, and what really set it off was when Seth Davis had seen it on the newsletter and he tweeted it out and that's when all of the the responses started to come in that was cool clark kellogg uh quote tweeted it roy hibbert was in the replies saying that he needed that which was which was uh kind of unexpected and there have just been a lot of other like miscellaneous like like i'm on this podcast with you guys i've never really done a podcast before and uh someone who does like blogs for the new york times and there was even a guy who uh represents an NFL player. He's an NFL agent. He asked me if I would do like, if I've done highlight tapes or if I would want to consider an internship with them. And um, it's just spiraled uh, into a, a whole lot of crazy interactions that I didn't think I was going to have. Well, let me tell you, man, on the ladder of those interactions, we are probably the second step or maybe the first step as opposed to some of those other guys like Roy Hibbert, Dan O'Neill, Seth Davis, Clark Kellogg. But so, I mean, shit, man, you're big time. So we, we appreciate you hopping on for us. I'm not doing all that much. You know, I did a, I did a phone radio interview, uh, for someone's, uh, sports talk show in Montana yesterday. So, Hey, all right. Great state of Montana. You're making the media rounds here. Yeah. I was, I was going to pick university of Montana far too. I even, I even had my Montana Grizzlies hat on, uh, in some of our previous shows. But so you're saying that you've got better offers than like being our producer next year, for example? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, the extent of the offers is just, um, you know, one for for an unpaid internship. So, um, you know, it hasn't really translated into a lot of uh, professional opportunities, if that's what you're asking. Well, you know, the good part is, though, is you've got the notoriety now f- with these people. So when you do yeah. graduate or, you know, you could say, hey, Seth, remember, I was the guy that made the video when yeah. we didn't have a tournament. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, you, you have at least an in theoretically to say like, hey, I've done some shit, even if it was only three and a half hours worth of shit. You'd be like, hey, look at me. I, I, I was in there. What, what can what can you do for me now? Where do you need me? So that's our exactly. that's more than any that's more than anyone. Shit. People get degrees and internships and get less out of it than you did for a three and a half hour video. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, um, you know what I really want to do because uh, I'm, I'm studying sport management because um, it it's between that and communications because uh, I want to do uh, sport broadcasting is my career. I always want to do like play by play. I want to do it for college football, college basketball. So you know, maybe I can talk to Seth Davis. Maybe I can't do like 
the Sweet 16, but who knows, maybe I can get on the on the first four. I can do play-by-play on, on True TV since nobody knows what channel it is anyway. Oh, man, you made the joke. Every that, I'm, I'm glad yeah, we no were spared. One, no one could make the joke because would, they would have been making it today, but uh, then we can't. I will see. Thank, okay, true. Yeah, you are stepping up to the plate. You've provided us with one shining moment video. You've also provided us with the what what's now been a four year old joke that oh, what's the true TV channel? I mean, yeah, I can find it pretty easily, but you know, I guess I guess I'm a, I'm a pretty locked in uh, fan. Yeah, I wouldn't miss the games, even though even the even the sixteen sixteen games. Well, that's what was going to be part of what uh, the show we were supposed to have this week was the how do you prep for the tournament uh, podcast is what we were going to have. And the number one thing I said, well, A, other than having like a cooler beer next to you is have your remote and make sure the last four channels that you had are the are the channels the tournament's yeah, on. They, so you yeah, can just hit go last. Go back to two right? TV so you don't lose it. Right, exactly. I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, that's uh, that was one of the, the main talking points we were going to have today. Yeah, I wanted to also talk about bracket etiquette, right? So, Max, who do you root for? Uh, if you have, let's say, you know, you have a number one overall seed winning the title and they're in a dogfight with the 16, don't be that asshole that's still rooting for your bracket, right? Well, I mean, usually by the time the ones and 16s are playing, my bracket's already been uh, destroyed. Although I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very big into the, into the statistics when I, when I do the brackets. So I, I will do all the insane shit. Like I will, I will save Reddit posts that like point out the statistical, uh, trends in the champions and ESPN make, lets you make 25 brackets every year and I make 25 brackets every year and usually by like the fifth game of the first day they're all wrong um, so at some point it's just like rooting for for the fun stuff for the upsets and um, and then later on worry about your bracket winning the late games so you get more points and beat your friends and don't lose money so it, you bring up an interesting point here. So you made 25 brackets, right? So I, I always make the maximum amount simply from a, a monetary standpoint, mm-hmm. like, right? So if they're going to give me an opportunity to win a million dollars, you might as well make 25 or you make 25 of them. But is there, do you have one that's the real bracket? Because yeah, I, mean, the I first, feel like yeah, that, the first one. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because you can't go to your buddies and be like, yo, bracket 23 was fucking sick, you know? I mean, yeah, you can try that later, you know, but uh, I, there's the first one you make that's all your, uh, your real picks. And sometimes um, what I usually do uh, is I, I used to have a neighbor back in when I lived in my, my last house, and we would always do Selection Sunday. We'd watch Selection Sunday. And we'd always uh, make an initial bracket like on paper. And a lot of the time what I would do is I would make that the first one on ESPN site or whatever. But uh, even by the time I get to the computer, sometimes I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know about that, you know. Uh, like, I think a couple of years ago, I picked Arizona to win the national championship the year they lost to Buffalo in the first round on my on my paper bracket. So, um, you know, sometimes the initial picks aren't, aren't, aren't all that great. Definitely. Well, that makes three of us, I guess, huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's another bracket etiquette is if your team is in it, do you take your team to go – to, to win it all. So, I mean, that's that's something that I subscribe to. It's stupid. It's pissing away 20 bucks every single year. I understand that, but it's a pride thing at that point. So, Max, with this video going viral, you've acquired a certain level of fame. I don't know where that level is. How are you handling that? I feel bad for you because you're not able to, like, swing nuts at NC State's campus. You're just quarantined at home. 
Yeah, I mean, no, I I would certainly say it's a very, very, very low level of uh of fame. Like, of, I'm like I said, I'm doing like um, inter- this podcast, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I you know, no offense, but uh, you know, I'm doing like local news uh, interviews, and um, you know, my my parents are making fun of me, like, hey, so social media superstar, go go uh, roll the the trash bin, and um, but yeah, I'm I'm sure if I were on campus. Uh, a couple of my friends who are more like tuned into the to the college basketball and the sports part of it would would recognize it a little bit, but uh, you know, for the most part, I'm sure uh, most of the people probably wouldn't wouldn't really care. Oh, like the dad and family and grandparent jokes that must come from this, uh, you know, in the other direction. For and those are going to last forever too. You know, you, you, they're going to say, hey, "Social media superstar, bring the trash in for yeah, yeah." yeah. Probably ever now, right? Yeah, probably, probably. Uh, hopefully, um, you know, I'm sure it'll die down after after this week or so. So, Max, I'll get you out of here on this, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Mm. Your Mount Rushmore of NC State basketball. Now, it doesn't have to be r- limited to just players or coaches. It can be a combination of both. Your take on the Mount Rushmore of NC State basketball. Well, I, I consider my knowledge maybe a, maybe a little rudimentary because, uh, like I said, I wasn't the the most avid follower. But uh, as someone has who has tried to to catch up after you know becoming a part of of NC State, uh, the one you know definite inclusion would be David Thompson. Um, you know, some will say that he might be the greatest uh, ACC player in college ever. Obviously, like Michael Jordan would go on to be an insanely good pro, but. Uh, I think in his last season, season, David Thompson averaged like 30 points, and they they broke UCLA John Wooden's championship streak. So he definitely belongs up there. Uh, it's hard not to put Jim Balbano up there for for what he did. Um, you know, his story is obviously um, one of a kind. Um, beyond those two, it doesn't become as as super uh, clear who who really belongs up there. You know, you could put any one of the of the bigger contributors from the 1983 team like Derek Wittenberg uh, you know you you might want to include someone like Julius Hodge up there Julius Hodge was uh, dominant in his era before and after Chris Paul uh, punched him in the nuts but um, you know and that actually cost Wake Forest a, a number one seed in that tournament I think they end up being a two seed and that's the year they lost to Virginia in the second round so if he hadn't done that maybe Wake would have um, Maybe Wake would have won the national championship. Who's to say? Um, so, uh, like I said, I'm, I've I've not always known the most about uh, you know NC State basketball, uh, but I think you know David Thompson definitely belongs there. Jim Balvano belongs there. Uh, you could certainly make the argument for Julius Hodge, and the the last one could be up to uh, up to interpretation for someone who might be uh, a little more tuned into it historically than than I was. Cap, Cap Barber. Barber. There you go. <laughs> Cap Barber. I remember, I remember Cap Barber uh, a little bit and uh, like BJ Anya and all that. Oh, wow. Oh, oh BJ Anya. BJ Anya. That's shit. a great one. That was wow. a big boy. That was a big boy. Well, he, uh, like, you know, they've got Manny Bates now, who's a redshirt freshman. He's setting all the, all the new block records, and he's, uh, you know, the one he has to live up to in terms of blocks is BJ Anya. So, what about Dennis Smith Jr.? He doesn't, he, he can't get on that list. Well, I, he certainly should not if we don't get to play in the tournament next year. Uh, although that's more that's more the fault of uh, 
Mark Gottfried, but, um, but well, I think we said impact on the program, not positive impact oh, on that's the program. True, that's right? true. <laughs> so that could that's that's still an impact Wait, on the we program. Did, we did have that dunk after the buzzer against Duke. So yeah, very important. Yeah, very pretty, important. Pretty great moment in uh, in the context of uh, NC State's history in the two thousands. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, hey, Max, thank you so much for hopping on and and talking a little NC State and providing a lot more insight into your awesome video. Like I said, Lord knows we needed it during these times. So thank you for your service and and uh, we'll catch you on down the road. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. And, uh, um, you know, only like 360 days until the next uh, NCAA tournament. You just completely unwound all the goodwill that you, <laughs> that you built up with that comment. But yes, you're right.